The Productive Woman, Episode 216. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about habits that can help us be more productive. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 216. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander and by Bombas. To get 20% off your first order of the most comfortable socks I've worn, visit bombas.com slash TPW. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash TPW. And you'll get 20% off your first order. Bombas.com slash TPW, offer code TPW. I'll talk a little bit more about them later on, but right now I want to talk about Text Expander and thank them for sponsoring this episode. Text Expander is a productivity tool that I've used and recommended for years, long before they became a sponsor of the podcast. And they are offering you 20% off your first year simply by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast and choosing the productive woman in their how did you hear about us question. Text Expander helps you communicate smarter by letting you create snippets for things you type or copy and paste all the time. Basically, anything you type or copy and paste more than once is a great use of a Text Expander snippet. So instead of retyping it or that multi step copy and paste, you simply type the short snippet or abbreviation you've created and it automatically expands into the longer text you need. You can make snippets for short things you use constantly like email addresses, yours or, or others you type frequently, uh, website addresses, today's date, it can automatically fill it in. So even if you, like I sometimes do, lose track of what day it is, Text Expander always knows the date and can fill it in correctly. Phone numbers. I have um, snippets created for my bar numbers. I'm a member of the Texas State Bar and the Washington State Bar. As a lawyer, I need those bar numbers frequently to fill in forms. I don't have them memorized, but I've got a very quick little snippet I can type and it. It just expands it and pops it right in there. You can also make snippets for long things that you use regularly. Things like directions to your home or office. If you get people that you need to, you know, asking you for directions, uh, instead of retyping that all the time, you can create a two or three or four character snippet, and it'll just populate it automatically. Maybe instructions for temp employees or for colleagues or for family members on how to do certain things. Answers to common questions that you get at home or in business. Uh, Anything that you might type more than once, create a snippet, save yourself a lot of time. Text Expander even has the ability to create snippets for long amounts of formatted text, even including like drop down or fill in the blank options so you can personalize it uh, very quickly without having to retype it. There are so many ways that Text Expander saves me time every day. I use it all the time personally and for my law practice. 
once you create these snippets, you can summon them in any app on your Mac, on your Windows-based computer, your iPhone or your iPad, using that little abbreviation. Or you can, if you've forgotten what it is, you, you can create a hotkey that lets you search for it, pull it up quickly while you're typing and fill it in. To learn more about how great Text Expander is, how you can use it, how it can help you save time and communicate more effectively and more efficiently, visit their website, watch some of the great tutorial videos they have. And to get 20% off your first year of Text Expander, visit slash podcast and be sure to choose the productive woman in their How Did You Hear About Text Expander questions so they know that I sent you. I hope you love it. I'd love to hear if you're using Text Expander, what are some of the ways that it's helping you save time? All right, let's get into our main topic for this episode. I was thinking the other day about things that we do habitually that can help us be more efficient and therefore more productive. I realized, uh, you know, I, I have referred to myself more than once as a creature of habit. Honestly, we're all creatures of habit. We all um, do things habitually that require almost no conscious thought. It's just becomes, that's what's so great about a habit. It's something you do without having to think about it. And that can be very efficient. It can, you know, it can be good or bad depending on what the habit is and whether it's something that actually serves you or doesn't. But I thought what I would do in this episode is share a few of my habits, the things that I do habitually that help me day to day be more productive, get more of the things done that I need to do that save me time, make my life easier, that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm going to share a few of mine. I would love to hear some of yours too. And so you can always email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Share some of the habits that you have that make your life a little easier and a little more productive and a little more meaningful maybe. Uh, so first of all, let's, you know, let's kind of set the stage. And I've talked about this some in the past and I'll, I'll put links in the show notes for this, but let's start with what is a habit? When you look at uh, the dictionary, one definition is it's a settled or regular tendency or practice. Um, I looked at, uh, when I Googled what is a habit, just to see what other people have said about it, there's an article called What is a Habit um, that says habits are routine behaviors done on a regular basis. They are recurrent and often unconscious, and that's important unconscious patterns of behavior and are acquired through frequent repetition. So that's what a habit is. It's something you do repeatedly, almost unconsciously. And habits can be good or bad, depending on whether they serve you or they don't, whether they make your life better or make your life harder, whether they move you toward accomplishing your goals and creating a life that matters as you define it, or whether they interfere with that. So what are some ways that habits can help us be more productive and more peaceful? Um, one of the benefits of habits, if they're, especially if they're good habits, is that they reduce the amount of decision-making that we need. So if there is something you do habitually, you don't have to use any of your decision-making power to do that. It's just something you do. Um, an example of 
this is an example that's often used in talking about habits. When you first started learning to drive, you had to think very consciously about every step of of the process of getting in the car, putting on your seatbelt, putting the key in the ignition, turning, putting your foot on the brake, turning the ignition, starting the car, putting it in gear, hopefully looking in the mirror around you. And, you know, okay, now I lift my foot off the brake while I put, you know, put it on the gas, put my other foot on the gas or however you're doing it, depending on the kind of car you're driving. You had to think about every single step. After you've been doing it a few years and you've done it repetitively, you don't have to think about any of that. It all happens automatically and it can be done while you're talking to somebody else who's in the car with you and you're thinking about other stuff and it's just habitual and unconscious almost. Now that has some dangers. We won't go into that, but you know, obviously you need to be conscious and aware and paying attention when you're driving. But the the nice thing about it is you don't have to make decisions. You don't have to think hard about those steps anymore. I don't have to decide each time I'm going to make a turn in my car, whether I should turn my turn signal on or not. I just do it. It is muscle memory at this point. It's just automatic. That's a, it's a habit that many, many Texans don't seem to have, but that's a separate story altogether. Um, I just turn on the turn signal when I'm going to turn without even consciously deciding to do it. There's lots of research out there that says that we have, you know, our decision maker can get worn out over the course of a day and all the little decisions we have to make. And we, we can start to make poor decisions later in the day if we've used up our decision-making power early in the day. Having habits, uh, good habits, habits that serve us, and that's what I mean by good habits, reduces the amount of decision-making power we need. Uh, If you have, have a habit of eating fruit for breakfast, you don't necessarily have to decide, am I going to eat fruit today? You just do it. Okay. So that sort of thing. If you have habits of doing things that are healthy, if you have a habit of going to the gym every morning, you don't have to decide each morning whether you're going to go or not. That kind of thing. That's how habits can help us be more productive. They can help us be more peaceful because again, we're not having to make decisions. We're not having to, um, think hard about this stuff. We can use our brain power for other more creative things instead of deciding when and how to do certain things. The other benefit of habits is, you know, the, the definitions we're talking about is some it's acquired through frequent repetition. Repetition leads to efficiency. If you repeatedly do something, you get better at it and therefore more efficient at it. And it takes less of your time. And that's a good thing for a lot of the things that need to get done. You know, those sort of need to do things the less time you spend on the kind of basic need to do kinds of things, the more time you have available for doing other things, the things that are fun, the more creative things, whatever. So those are ways that habits can help us. And they can certainly help us be more healthy if they are healthy habits. Okay. So 
that's kind of the backdrop for what I wanted to talk about here. I will, um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes because we've talked in the past about habit. Uh, episode 179, we talked about the difference between motivation and habit and how both of those can contribute to a, uh, a more productive life. In episode 147, our, in our productive reading mini series, we talked about Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. And there's great stuff in that, that book. We talk about some of it in the episode. And then episode 114 was part of our Mindset Matters mini series that we did a, a while ago. And 114 was an episode on productive habits. So those are great episodes to go from. There'll be links in the show notes, or you can just look them up in your podcast app if you want to check those out and look at developing some great habits. So the rest, most of the rest of this episode, I thought I would just share a few simple habits that help me uh, have a more productive day, a more productive and peaceful life. And, you know, I'll throw them out there for what it's worth and I'd, and I'll let you know what it is, how it helps me and, and why I do it. And so I kind of threw, I, trying to make these kind of general, I've got a couple of categories. Uh, first of all, some things that help me uh, maintain our home with less trouble and less more time uh, or less time, get the things done that need to, you know, keep our house clean, for instance, that takes less effort because I've got these habits. It also helps me to feel more peaceful and more able to focus. And that's become more and more important now that I work from home. Uh, I, you know, I don't have I, I still work, so I don't have much more time than I did before to take care of household things, but maintaining order in the house becomes more important when you're working at home. Uh, for me, anyway, if I'm walking through my house to, you know, use the restroom or or get something to eat and the house is messy or cluttered, it's harder for me to focus on work. So, so these are some habits that I, I have that help me with all of that. So the first one is I make my bed every morning. Why does that help? It just makes the room look better. And my our, our bedroom is not far from my home office. I go through it several times a day. Making the bed just kind of helps make the room feel more orderly, more together. And there's that little bit of accomplishment of, you know, I've knocked out something first day, first thing in the morning that, that I don't have to think about the rest of the day. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking of there was a, a video I saw quite a while back uh, of a uh, a military, like a general or something, talking to a group of people about how important making your bed in the morning is. I'll see if I can find that uh, video because I thought it was really good, the the impact it has on you. And so it's something I do every morning. And my process, what I do is as soon as I get out of the bed, I actually fold back the blankets and the sheets um, to let the bed air for air out for a while. And I fluff the pillows up and then I go, you know, take my thyroid pill and have a glass of water. After I take my shower and get dressed, then I make the bed and, and it's done for the day. So that's my process. And it makes a difference for me and just sort of how I feel about getting the day started. So that's one simple habit I have that makes a difference for me. Another one, and these are not big life 
life-changing or, you know, earth-shattering things, many of these I think you probably do as well, but I'm just sharing some of the simple things that I do. Uh, Second one is I keep a cleaning cloth right there by my bathroom sink and I wipe down the counter and the faucet and the mirror after I get ready in the morning for the day and then after I get ready for bed at night. Um, why does that help? It keeps it from getting messy, you know, water splatters, soap splatters, toothpaste splatters, all those kinds of things. Instead of it ever getting really bad around the bathroom sink area and the mirror and stuff, I just take literally two, three seconds grab that cloth, wipe down any splatters off the mirror, off the counter, around the sink, the faucet, and that sort of thing. It helps keep that area orderly, clean, and without requiring a whole lot of time to clean it up. So that's my process there. And that's a habit that I I developed. I don't even know when I developed that. I've done it for ages. And it really makes a difference in, in how often I have to do a thorough cleaning in there because I just wipe things up as I go. Third habit that helps me keep our home cleaner, which helps me to be more peaceful and able, more able to focus is I I try to do every night a 10 minute, you know, maybe at most a, a quick pickup of the house and it doesn't take very long at all, but it makes a big difference. And how does it help? Why does it help? I I recently read a book that uh, I think she describes better than I could, or very succinctly, why it makes a difference. And this is a book called Real Life Organizing by Cassandra Arson. I don't, and it's A-A-R-S-S-E-N. I'll put a link to the book in the show notes. I don't even remember where I heard of this book, but I ordered it off of Amazon. I, you know, I have the hard, or a paper of the book, you know, actual live, not a digital book. And she talks in the book about her nightly cleaning checklist and why an evening cleanup matters. And here's what she says, and and I'll talk about her checklist here in a minute, but she says, this simple list of daily chores had a huge impact on my home and my life. Waking up every morning to a clean house always feels so much better than waking up to a messy one. It really does set the tone for my entire day, and I feel happy and energized instead of overwhelmed and exhausted. I also find it so much easier to fall asleep at night just knowing I've accomplished a little something and knowing I'll be waking up to a fresh and clean start the next day. The best part, she says, is because I do a little bit every night, my home never really gets overrun with clutter or grime anymore. Those few minutes I spend each night save me hours of scrubbing in the long run. And I just, I thought, you know, I actually was reading this book uh, after I had chosen the topic for this episode and started started assembling my list. And I'm, you know, I marked the page that where I read this, because I thought that's a great way of describing why it helps to just spend a few minutes in the evening to, to do certain things, to do a quick pickup. So I thought that was worth sharing. Now, what I do in, in the evening, the, the, my kind of quick pickup for the evening is I'll load the dishwasher I, uh, you know, whatever dishes can go in there, I'll run it, you know, if it's full, I'll set it to run. I'll quickly wash any dishes that can't go into the dishwasher and uh, put them in the rack to dry. I'll put, you know, food away, anything that's left from after dinner. Uh, I'll wipe the counters off real quickly. 
I will do a quick run through the living room and family room to see if there's any trash that needs to be tossed. I'll grab any dirty dishes. Maybe there's a, you know, somebody's glass sitting somewhere and I'll straighten the cushions. And that's about it. That's all I do. Uh, now, it's just my husband and me now because our kids are have, you know, our last kid left home to go to graduate school. I've talked about that before. So it's just the two of us and there's fewer people making messes. If you have kids still at home, maybe there's a little more to do and maybe you need a little more than 10 minutes. But I will say as an aside, if you have kids still at home, they should be helping with this. There's no reason they can't. Even if they're little kids, they can help do a quick run around the family room and pick up their toys or something like that. Nevertheless, if there's more than just one or two people in the place, maybe there's a little more to be done. And so Cassandra Arson, who I mentioned in her book, Real Life Organizing, she talks about her nightly cleaning checklist. And she spends no, she says no more than 20 minutes. And this is what she does. This is the list right out of the book. She loads the dishwasher, which she says takes five minutes. And that's you know, at most, she will, she'll wipe down the kitchen counters, which takes about a minute. She will wipe down the bathrooms. She'll just spend, you know, one minute doing that. She'll put away any clutter that's left out around the, you know, public areas of the house, maybe three minutes. She will do a speed mop of the floors, which she says takes her about five minutes. And then she'll put away one load of laundry, uh, which takes her five minutes. Uh, elsewhere in the book, she says what part of her morning routine is to put one load of laundry, get it started. I do my laundry a little differently, but that's kind of a sample list for a quick evening cleanup in a household where you've got kids and you know more people. Maybe if you've got lots of people in and out and things getting spilled, doing a quick speed mop of the floors might make sense. I don't typically do that in the evening. Although I may, if there's a lot on the floors, I may, if I've got time and energy, I'll grab my vacuum cleaner and kind of run that over and at least get the worst of it up. But the point is, that's a habit that I have that helps me get a good start to the next day and helps keep things as, as she says in her thing from ever getting out of control just by spending 10, 15 at most 20 minutes in the evening, putting things in order before you go to bed. Um, fourth habit that I have that helps me with uh, kind of keeping, tr- keeping things under control is, and I've try to figure out how to articulate this. But basically, I try never to walk from one end of the house to the other with empty hands. Our house is all one story, but it's very long. And as is the case in any household, things end up in a place where they don't belong. And so what I try to do is if I am at one end of the house and headed down to another room, I'll take just a second. And it's not even a conscious choice because this is such a habit for me now. Look around and see, do I see anything that belongs where I'm going? Okay. So if there's a dish on the bedside table, maybe I'll grab from a a nighttime snack. Maybe I'll grab that as I'm headed toward the kitchen. Or if I'm in the living room and I see somebody's dirty socks on the floor and I, you know, that happens. uh, And I'm headed down to the end of the house where the laundry room is. I'll grab those and take them with me. That saves me time, keeps things tidy, I guess, in a way that avoids the need to do lots of, you know, concentrated cleaning because I'm just always sort of picking up. I have in the past, in a, when we had a house 
with stairs would be the same kind of thing. I know some people have the habit of keeping maybe a basket or something at the bottom and top of the stairs. And when you're say you're downstairs and there's something that needs to go upstairs, you toss it in there and you just habitually, when you go upstairs, you grab that basket and take those things up with you to put them, put them away and that sort of thing. The idea is to just simplify, save time, keep things from ever getting out of hand without having to spend a lot of effort. So something else to think about. And then the fifth thing that I do that helps me kind of keep things under control, and this could have gone either in this category or the other, the other one I'm going to talk about, is I try to make use of waiting time. Example here is while waiting for my tea water to boil in the morning, I might empty the dishwasher real quick, or if there's a couple of dishes in the sink, wash them up and and put them away. Maybe at lunchtime while I'm waiting for my lunch to heat up in the microwave, it might only be 60 seconds, but in that 60 seconds, I can wipe down a counter or I can open up the our utility drawer and tidy that up a little bit. I do a similar kind of thing at work. Maybe I finished what I'm working on and I've got 10 minutes before a conference call is scheduled. Not a lot, enough time to dig into a new project, but in 10 minutes, I can maybe put away the files from the matter that I was just working on or check a couple of emails, knock something off uh, short off my to-do list, that sort of thing. I try to make good use of waiting time to do a couple of some little thing that will move me along. The idea here is I want to be as efficient as I can in keeping my home in order, my desk in order, whatever, so that I have more time available to do the creative things I want to do, to have things orderly without having to spend a lot of concentrated time doing it. So those are some habits that I use that help me in that area as far as keeping the house in order. Second category of things I thought about where I have habits that help me is in managing my tasks and my commitments. And we talked last week about kind of the basics of task management. And I mentioned, I think, the importance of developing productive habits when it comes to your task management. And the key one for me, my first one I wrote, I put here is, and these are things that I do habitually that help me to stay on top of my tasks and my commitments. Number one is to write down everything as soon as I think of it. And I mentioned this in last week's episode. It helps because things don't get forgotten. And at the same time, they're not sort of hanging around in the back of my mind, distracting me, taking up mental bandwidth that I could better use for more creative thinking or problem solving. So that's why this habit is so important and why I maybe harp on it a little bit in episodes, just to create a habit that when you have an idea, write it down. When you remember something that needs to be done, write it down. And so I have my task manager and I will, if it's a task, it goes in there. Even if the task is, uh, I might want to do project A and, but is that the right thing for me to do at this time? So I'll just put a a task in my, in OmniFocus. It says, think about project A and whether I want to do it or, you know, brainstorm the, the pros and cons of doing thing B, Uh, those sorts of, all those sorts of things get put in there. 
Similarly, if an appointment comes up or a place I need to be or whatever, that goes into my calendar immediately. I don't try to remember, hey, you, you, you know, you've got this dentist appointment or you've got to go here or you've got to do that thing. It goes into my calendar. And when I enter it into my calendar, if it's a conference call or someone, you know, someone I need to call, I'll put the phone number right in there. If it's a place I need to go, I put the address into the calendar entry. So it's right there. And, and I will set an alert that allow right when I make the entry that will allow me enough time to prepare and get to where I need to be for this appointment, whether it's a call that I need to make from here in my home office or an appointment in Dallas, 50 miles away, either way, I, I set the alert, the, the alarm, the reminder to go with enough time to allow me to get myself together and go. And all the information I need for that appointment is there. The address, if it's a place I'm going, maybe some notes about what I need to talk to the person, you know, if it's a doctor appointment, as I have questions that I want to ask the doctor about, I'll put them in the notes field in my calendar entry. If the conference call is to discuss a particular document, most digital calendars will allow you to literally drag a document into the calendar appointment and it'll save a copy of it there. So it's right there when the alarm goes off and I need to get ready to dial in for that call. I, the, the document is there and I can open it up and it's on my screen and I'm ready to go. That habit of writing everything down and especially of getting all the information I need right there is probably the most important habit I have developed in my adult life. I can't uh, emphasize enough how important that is. And if you're not doing it, really, I encourage you to try doing that now. Second habit related to task management and commitments is a 10 minute review at the end of my workday. And I've talked, I talked about that, I think a little bit last week, and I've talked about it before, how important it is to take a few minutes as you're wrapping up your workday, whether your workday is a, a job job, or it's, you know, your workday as a, a home homemaker and a mom, but to take 10 minutes, sometimes it's, it's only three to five minutes, but you know, I just say 10 minute review to look at the calendar think about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Is there anything that I can do now to prepare for that? So I'm more ready to go. So if I've got a call first thing in the morning, do I have all the information I need for that call? Do I have the materials that we're going to be discussing? Have I, you know, if it's a coaching call with one of my productivity clients, am I prepared? Do I have my document where I take the notes ready to go and set up? Uh, have I sent them a reminder of the time, whatever. So I, I take just a couple minutes at the end of the day, but maybe an hour or two before the end of the day, in case there's something I need to do, I can still catch the people uh, that I need to consult to prepare for whatever it is that's going on tomorrow. If I have a video conference, I may prepare, you know, get ready in the morning a little differently than I do on a day when I'm just working here at home and I'm not going to see anybody for what that's worth. So I just take that couple of minutes at the end of the day to look ahead and think, what can I do right now? What do I need to be thinking about? What do I need to do to set myself up for a good day tomorrow? Huge, huge benefit, great help to me. And it's a habit that I'm glad I've developed. Third habit I have is of batching tasks. And there are certain kinds of things 
that just go well together, that you can save yourself a ton of time in setup and cleanup or preparation and, and all that sort of thing if you do similar kinds of things together. And the perfect example for me is when I have errands to run. I try, we live, it's only 15 minutes outside of town. We live out in the country. And when I need to go into town, um, it's not like it's a lot of time, but if I go back and forth, it's 30 minutes of driving. You know, if you count the going in and coming back each time I go into town. And so I try to plan more than one at a time. If I'm going to go to town, I want to get several things done. And I try not to just run every day. I have certain days where I'll try to do my errands all at all in one day. So it's just one trip to town and not several. And then I have other days where I can just work without the interruption of having to go into town to do things. And when I am making an errand run, I try to think just this only takes a minute or so to think about, all right, what do I need to do? And what's the most efficient order to do them in? If I'm picking up our grocery order, because we, you know, we use the, the pickup order option at the grocery store, I order online, I have to pick it up. If I've got any freezer things, I want to make sure that's the last thing I do. So every other errand I'm going to do before I go there, what's the most efficient order to do them in so I can get everything done, not have to backtrack, kind of make my cycle through town, get my stuff done and get back home without wasting time or gas. So it's, that's really helpful to me. And that's an example of batching tasks. Another one for me is recording podcasts. I always try to do two or more each time I sit down to record because when I record an episode of the podcast, I have to roll the rack with my recording gear out of a closet, plug in the cords, get it set up. It doesn't take very long, maybe five minutes to get everything set up, do the sound check. But I'd rather do that once and get several episodes done than have to do it repeatedly. It saves time to do do several episodes while I've got everything set up rather than set up, record, tear down, put it away. And then the next day, you know, get everything out, set up, record another episode, tear it all down, put it away. It's just saving time. Think about that in your own case. What are some tasks you do that require setup or cleanup? And how can you minimize the number of times you have to set up or clean up? An example that comes to mind is ironing. If if you have to get your iron out and your ironing board and heat up the iron, get everything out to do one item of clothing, it takes um, the same amount of time to set up to do 10 items of clothing, clothing rather than one and avoids having to do it over and over again. Same kind of thing, maybe prepping veggies for snacks or for your meals or browning hamburger, do a bunch of it all at once and divide it up into meal size portions. Then you only have to get the pan dirty once you only have to clean up once, etc. So batching tasks as a habitual thing is a great way to save time, be more efficient and leave yourself uh, time to do more fun things. And then the last thing that I thought of as a habit that I have and that helps me with managing my tasks and commitments 
is the way I set up on Sunday evenings. I spend a little bit of time every Sunday evening to set up my um, weekly spread in my bullet journal for the week. It does a couple of things for me. It helps me get a handle on the coming week. So I feel like I'm more prepared and getting off to a good start when I, you know, get up on Monday morning, it it forces me to kind of look at what's coming, what do I need to do, what do I need to be thinking about, and that's what I do. I get my page out. I I have a a a layout for the page that I habitually use. I don't try to get too creative. Uh, most of the time, I use the same layout so I can draw it up very quickly. Doesn't take me very much time. And then I look on my digital calendar for the coming week and figure out what appointments I have and do I want to consolidate my errands on this day because I have a dentist appointment, you know, this coming week I've got a dentist appointment on um, Tuesday morning. So are there any other errands I want to run while I'm in town? You know, that sort of thing. I think about what I need to get done in the coming week and when I'm going to do it. I think about what I need to do to prepare for those things. And maybe I'll move tasks around because I realize I've got uh, certain things I was going to do. I normally order my groceries on Wednesday and I pick them up on Thursday. And then Friday I do laundry. I stay home and I do all my, the laundry on that same day. But maybe there was, there's some reason why that needs to be changed a little bit. A couple weeks ago, I had to be going out of town on a Wednesday night. So I did laundry on Wednesday and changed things around to accommodate what's going on. But having that, um, I don't spend more than, hmm, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes on Sunday evenings doing this, but it helps me feel like I've, I'm ready for the week. And because it's a habitual thing, I don't have to decide if I'm going to do it this week. I just do it every week and it, it, it's been really helpful to me. So those are some of the simple habits that I've developed that help me be more productive and more at, more peaceful in how my life is going. I did take a little time to look at what others have said about productive habits. If you Google it, you'll find lots of lists of habits of highly productive people. I will put links to some of those articles in the show notes for this episode. You'll find that at theproductivewoman.com slash 216. If you want to get ideas about how other people who are productive, what habits they follow. And so I'm not going to go through those. I've talked about a lot of them in the past, but a couple of my key takeaways, things that kind of jumped out at me as I looked at these articles about habits of highly productive people, every one of the articles said that highly productive people take regular breaks throughout the day. So make of that what you will, but there is a limit to how much time we can, our brains will stay focused on working, you know, focused work. And every article that interviews highly productive people says they take breaks periodically and they, they do it different ways. The idea I guess here would be to find the rhythm that works for you of, of, periods of focused work followed by a break that actually gets you out and away from your workspace 
taking a break, getting away from it, and then coming back and doing another session of focused work and so on. A lot of people like the Pomodoro technique where you actually set a timer and you'll work maybe for 50 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever works for the way your mind and body work. And when the, and you stay focused on that task for that period of time, when the timer goes off, you get up and you take a 10 minute break and then you come back and do it again. So that was one of the things that a lot of these articles had to say that highly productive people schedule breaks into their work day. That seems counterintuitive because you think if I want to get lots of stuff done, I, I got to just keep pushing through and keep working and I can't afford to take a break. But all the evidence is to the contrary. We actually need those breaks to rejuvenate and to stay productive. The other thing I noticed from reading these articles is a lot of them, if, if not all of them, uh, talked about how important it is to get sufficient sleep, that all these celebrities or executives or highly productive people that people that are getting lots of important stuff done, what's their secrets are, what habits they follow. Almost all of them, if not all of them talked about how important it was to get sufficient sleep. They have a, a routine they follow at night to kind of wind down and get ready for a good night's sleep. And a lot of them uh, talk about turning off screens an hour or more before bedtime. Sleep is so important. We've talked about that before, but this was just brought home to me again in kind of looking at these articles and how many people that we would all identify as being high achievers value getting to bed at a reasonable time and getting a good night's sleep. So throw that out, throw that out there for your, um, for your consideration. And again, you can check out the articles for yourself if you want to. Just uh, go to the show notes and you'll see the links. There is always room to improve in our habits, uh, always room to develop new habits that can help us be more productive. And not all of our habits help us. And that becoming conscious of the habits we have developed that don't serve us is really important. We've talked about uh, that in past episodes, I mentioned them earlier, episode 114, Mindset Matters, the Productive Habits episode, and episode 147, where we summarize some of the key takeaways from Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. Check those episodes out and also check out Duhigg's book for more information about how habits are formed, how they can help us, and what we can do if we've got a habit that's not serving us, how we can overcome that. Uh, one of the th thoughts that I think is worth keeping in mind, and this was really discussed in Duhigg's book and a couple other great books I have on this whole how our minds work, is that it's um, rather than trying to break a bad habit or a habit that doesn't serve us, that it, which is very difficult. Once something has become habitual, it's very difficult to change, to get rid of that, to just stop doing it. It's actually, according to the studies and the research, it's actually easier to simply form a new habit to replace the one that doesn't serve us. And so that's something to think about. Those are some thoughts I had on this, but what do you think? What habits have you developed that help you be more efficient and more productive? I would love to hear about those. I'd love it if you'd share those with the community so we can all benefit from it. You can uh, always share your questions or your ideas in the comments section of the show notes for this episode. You'll find those at theproductivewoman.com slash 216. 
Uh, you can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you are a woman who listens to this show, you are welcome in the Facebook group. I'd love to have you there. Um, you can just f- find the Productive Woman uh, Community Facebook group, search in the groups in Facebook, or go to theproductivewoman.com slash group, and that'll take you right there. Click on the button to ask to be added to the group. There, it will ask you to answer a couple of questions. Please do that. Uh, because I need to know that people who are asking, not everybody who asks to join the group is actually someone who's interested in being part of the community. And I'll just leave it at that. It's important that you answer those questions. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode or anything else with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, a quick shout out to Bombas, our sponsor on this episode, uh, and the maker of the most comfortable socks I have worn in I don't even know how long. I am so pleased to be able to offer to you a 20% discount on your first order of Bombas socks if you visit bombas.com slash TPW. I mean, whatever you love to do, there is a pair of Bombas socks that'll make it more comfortable for you to do it. They have been engineered for comfort. They're made out of a super soft cotton with some kind of stay up technology based on their research that keeps the sock where you want it. They have a seamless toe that gets rid of that irritating bump over your toes. And if you've had socks that do that, you know what I'm talking about. Um, an arch support system that provides extra support around your arch. It just, I can't think of a better way to say it than it feels like a little hug around your foot. Cozy and comfortable. They're the ideal sock for everyday wear. They're warm enough for cold weather, but breathable enough for warm days. And they come in a great variety of colors, designs, and styles. So whatever type of socks you prefer, there are Bombas for you. I love wearing mine. I'm actually wearing them right now because it's a little chilly and they're keeping my toes warm. My husband likes the ones I got him so much that he ordered several more pairs without even telling me. I actually learned he had done it when he posted on Facebook that his friends ought to try them out too. Uh, They will make great gifts. We're coming into the holiday season, so consider that. And as I've mentioned before, one of the things I love about Bombas and why I'm so proud to have them as a sponsor is that besides making these great socks that I love wearing... The folks at Bombas are great citizens who care about more than just making money. Having learned that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, Bombas made a commitment to donate one brand new pair of socks to a homeless shelter for every pair of socks they sell. As a result of that commitment, to date they've sold and donated over 9 million pairs of socks to homeless shelters. So when you buy Bombas socks, not only do you get the benefit of a great, comfortable pair of socks, but you're also doing something good for homeless shelters around the country. To see all the options that they offer and to get 20% off your first order, visit bombas.com slash TPW. That's bombas is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-P-W for 20% off your first order of their these great comfortable socks. Bombas.com slash T-P-W. That offer code is T-P-W for The Productive Woman. Also, 
While we're at it, don't forget to up your communication game by checking out Text Expander. To get 20% off your first year of Text Expander's service, visit textexpander.com slash podcast. Be sure to choose the productive woman in their how did you hear about Text Expander question so they know that I sent you. And my gratitude, my thanks to both Text Expander and Bombas for supporting the productive woman. And that is it, my friends, for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am so glad you spent this time with me. Thank you. I don't take it for granted. I hope I offered some value, something in this episode that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.